God, that, speaking of triggering, one of the movies, you might have seen this one, Django, Severance. This, I think it's New Zealand, an Australian horror movie. I don't think so. About this work, this office crew that's going off on this, you know, work retreat to bond and everything. Oh, I did see trailers for that. Yeah, yeah. And they go end up going to the wrong place. Um, there was a scene in it where the one of the women gets out of bed in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And as she enters the hallway, turns her back to the camera. There's this big ass spider on her back. <laughs> and so I'm like, ah, and I'm like blocking the blocking my vision so I don't have to see the spider. Yeah, even after the face is there and everything, and you're supposed to be focused on that, I was like, God, that's scary. There's a guy out there. So what the f- is the spider? I can't go out on my my front deck, I call it, the porch roof. Um, because there's a some kind of big orb spider that made a made a home out there underneath the leaves of the uh the little hummingbird feeder and it's just been hanging out there for like a couple months now and i keep waiting for it to die or disappear and it's just still there every you know oh, the they're time. nesting right now they're getting ready to get impregnated yes. yes. their so, males and then lay eggs right by where you like to be yeah you gotta move them you it's, gotta move it, them if you don't want eggs. I'm not. I'm not going out there. <laughs> it's, it's okay to kill them from. Yeah, I can't open my. Away. I can't open my window and and because if I open the window, I'd have to knock out the screen and go out there like underneath where the spider is, and I'm not going underneath that thing. <laughs> That's the real reason I don't organize my combo collection because those boxes have been there for so long; they might be full of spiders. <laughs> I've got three different things. Uh, you're always within three feet of a spider. You're always within six feet of a spider, or you're always within 10 feet of a spider. So I give up. I don't know which one. presents it's our perfectly acceptable podcast by the comics place in bellingham where we own and run a comic store and talk about comics and read comics uh not necessarily in that order and uh hang out with each other and i don't know i i like to think of this podcast as uh the thing that reminds us that we like each other every single week uh jeff is is running a little bit late today but he'll be here pretty soon is that what it does Um, I don't know. Does it? Does it do that for you? I'm pretty sure Roman likes me less after every time we do this together. No, I think I like Django less, but I like you more. Oh, God damn it. What am I doing here? What am I doing here? This is season four, episode 25, probably. I don't know. Maybe Will Elmer knows. It's episode 288. Oh, legacy numbers. Legacy Legacy numbers are for Marvel and shit. And all, um, all the good people. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Uh, this do we <laughs> do we say our names now, or do we say the com- the comic names? Uh, the comings and goings of our lives. Comings and, and goings, and Jana, and UPS, and yeah, FedEx. It'll be spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah. Watch watch out for them spoilers. They'll get you. Uh, I'm Django and I'm Mike Col- Rundle. Oh, geez. I'm Django. No, go. No, I, I don't want to do this. I, oh, I'm Django. What? I'm still Django. Django? You're Django. Oh, you're Django. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Roman. I'm the annoying person that screwed up the bit. I'm Colette. <laughs> <laughs> no bit. 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on already. Uh, all right. So this this week, we're going to talk about some books. We're going to talk about some comic books. Uh, we're going to talk about some spooky books. Uh, Dark Ride. We're going to talk about Junkyard Joe. We're going to talk about Night of the Ghoul. We're going to talk about maybe the spookiest book of them all, Health and Wealth, a graphic guide to the U.S. healthcare system. We're going to talk about Earth Divers and probably uh, probably chat a little bit about Gotham City Year One. Not scary, but uh, awesome. Spoiler alert. I liked some of these books. I bet you guys did too. Dark Ride, Ooh. is that the name of it? Dark Ride is the name of it. That's the first one. But before we get to Dark Ride, I have something that we're going to listen to here uh, that I don't, I, I haven't listened to. So hopefully it's not, hopefully it's not embarrassing. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Jeff is so much better at this game than I am. Let's, uh, let's try that again. Oh, I thought I was just wrong. <laughs> Hello and happy episode 287 or 288. I'm not sure. Um, I heard you guys might have recorded something last week, but it's not up as of the time of me sending this. So I don't know if it exists or not. And if so, then it's 288. If not, it's 287. Either way, um, happy 40th anniversary to the comics place. Uh, it was really awesome hanging out with everybody last week and helping celebrate on Saturday and getting to see so many people, at least half of their faces. I was going to say it's great to see their faces, but I saw half of them. Um, so I saw half of like Phil Satile's face and um, half of Judd's face and half of Justin's face and half of the other Justin's face. Uh, half of Andrew's face, um, you know, that was a lot of fun, except for when the fire alarm went off, but <laughs> really great to celebrate 40 years. Congratulations to you guys. And that leads me to my question this week, which is what is the best year in comics? What you can maybe your favorite year in comics, or is there a definitively like best year in comics? in general is it in the 40 years of the comics place is it before that is it yet to come um curious to hear what your guys answers are turn up love you guys awesome and i p.s i definitely um didn't record this while hiding in a bathroom so i didn't have a bunch of noise from my kids <laughs> talk to you guys soon <laughs> oh will elmer will elmer the official counter of the comics place the question asker Wow. I, I got to spend most of Saturday with Will and it was lovely. The good one. <laughs> yeah. Will's one of the one of the many volunteers that really helped us out this past weekend. Yeah. That, yeah. So first of all, that was an amazing weekend. And thanks to everybody who came and helped and hung out and uh, showed off their art. And yeah, that was that was exhausting and worth it, which mm -hmm. is probably the only the only true compliment I can ever pay anybody or anything exhausting and worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that should be the new tagline for the comics play, shouldn't it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Will has a question and that question is what's the best year of comics? I mean, I could see an argument for like 1938, right? When mm -hmm. Superman came around, but I could see a lot of other good years too. Yeah. yeah what well, was the year that Watchmen and killing joke came out um 86 yeah yeah so, yeah um, i don't know what i would pick for like myself personally as a reader i i don't know but i'm gonna go with one of those obvious ones i guess it was now i can't remember it was i think 1962 basically mm -hmm. when when stan and jack all their stuff started mm -hmm. coming out and mm -hmm. started the marvel age of comics because say what you will about stan lee without 
him and Jack Kirby and Steve Dicko doing all that in 62, 63, we probably wouldn't have comics as we know them today. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Personally, I feel like I would probably say like 2014, just because that was the year that I got my first subscriber account with you guys <laughs> and uh, really went all in on comics and not just uh, getting random trades that I thought looked cool uh, or that people gave me or that Jared happened to have. And uh, I mean, it's also the year that like Ms. Marvel, the new Miss Marvel came out and the Jane Foster Thor and so many really like mm. kind of quintessential things for the the modern Marvel fan that I am. But um, I, I it, think I'm going to go with your year, Colette. 1986 that the first one you said like yeah. watchman mm. dark knight returns that's the one yeah um mouse came oh, out God. that Did year I... oh shit yeah man of steel born again like that's an amazing wow. year also yeah. howard yeah. the duck was canceled that year so oh. it wasn't all good fuck <laughs> 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 um but yeah i mean that that was kind of the year that i think gave us modern comics mm-hmm. but god roman's year was 1962 that's, that's there's so, there's so many good years what and you said 86 yeah 86 oh, i guess 11. i guess teenage mutant ninja turtles came out a few years before that didn't they ninja turtles like, like 84 yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean i i could also i could also say that like 92 was a very important year for comics but maybe important isn't the question <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 92 was Important year for me. That's when I first opened my my very first file at the comics place. <laughs> Before I was even even an employee. <laughs> you wait. There was a time that you weren't an employee. <laughs> a brief time, yeah. I mean, I opened my file there in '92, but by the end of '92, I was working there. <laughs> something new every day, I guess. <laughs> wait, there was an entire ten years of the comics place before <laughs> Roman. Yep. 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 That's when James Burke worked there. And, I don't uh, know that I believe that. <laughs> uh, well, should we move along? Hang on. How would Jeff segue this? Because until he shows up tonight, um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of lost at sea. Well, you know, it's another good year for comics. 2022, because we've got some really great comics right here <laughs> and now that came out. And... Fucking, we don't need Jeff. We got Colette. Uh, oh i can't take that pressure let's talk about a spooky comic called dark ride uh issue number one it's from image joshua williamson andre bresson and uh adriana lucas on colors this basically gives us the story of like a a scary disney theme park outside of uh las vegas and it shows us the first day of this kid who's who's got his job uh mopping up vomit and taking out trash and he's a huge fan of the place and uh, is is meeting all these people that he's heard about and we kind of get a behind the scenes and a, a a little backstory of how the place was created and spoiler alert there's real demons in here and it's pretty awesome and i also i just noticed that in the back matter there's actually like a brochure that tells you what all the rides are and that's pretty cool <laughs> i I really like that we didn't have to wait very long to put to rest the question that we all posed at the end of or in our last conversation about creep show number one about <laughs> what the little story in the back was. Was that a preview or just its own little snippet of a, a weird story? Yeah. It was a preview to this. Yeah. And uh, you know, what if Walt Disney uh was super into horror and uh made a deal with a demon to uh 
be successful. I mean, obviously, Walt Disney made a deal with the demon to be able to create that <laughs> <Right>. uh, <clears throat> and also, all power behemoth. But also, what if Walt Disney's story was illustrated by somebody that I really like the art of? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this this artist before that I know of, and I I think it's really really well done. Yeah, I thought this was really well done. The the way that they managed to actually do like theme parky very authentically looking theme park stuff but that was genuinely creepy even mm-hmm. though it was also cutesy at the same time or what it yeah it really threaded that needle perfectly yeah did you guys catch the uh there's a cow like a melty castle gray skull and then a snake mountain later on in the background uh, just a couple of like kind of subtle he-man references oh funny oh yeah the kind of the cthulhu mountain yeah i love okay. the they have this one huge the the guillotine drop and it's actually got a, gi- a ginormous head and the, the, that's and the blood dripping out it's, I, I want to visit this place yeah i know it's uh, the map of the or the picture of everything is so great with all the different there's the godzilla ride i like is this like a is that a junji ito reference that yeah swirly, yeah. yeah it's uh it's own own rio a dark ride that explores Japanese mythology and body horror. Yeah. To the brochure in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, that, and that's a reference to the, which his, his manga with the uh, spirals in it. That Tomy? No. All of his no. Had spirals and holes and shit. There's one in particular that has Uzumaki? spirals or the, uh, Uzumaki. I think it's Uzumaki. Uzumaki. Okay. Yeah. 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 I haven't read any of them, but I sell a lot of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I loved this. I mean, it was done so well. Um, and the pacing, the, 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 subverting the disney legend and the theme parks and the people the family behind it that's so gross and Mm -hmm. and our main guy who's just so such a horror fan and thrilled to work there even if it's picking up trash but all the references in it i i I want to talk to sean about it because like the 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 three things that are walking around that are mascots but they're actually actual demons you know that's from uh Mm -hmm. oh that nick cage film um willie's wonderland Oh, okay. and and there was people walking around in the background. Like I saw Rob Zombie, and I know there's other. There was a guy in a top hat that I'm not sure exactly who he is, but there's various people in the background. It's like, oh yeah, that's some famous horror guy. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, this this was. Uh, I think it was super super well done. I'm not usually much of a fan of uh, Joshua Williamson, but I think I think he nailed this one. Yeah. I actually didn't pick this up at first because eh, Joshua, another Joshua Williamson book. Yeah, whatever. And Sean actually got me to read it because he told me the premise. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to read it. Yeah. I didn't even put together that it was jo- like that Joshua Williamson because I, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Way uh, more like this Joshua Williamson, please. <laughs> yeah. And like, just get this artist, do this artist on everything, mm-hmm. man. I, I would, I would read it. It's the art is, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Lock and Key and a little bit Araho, like something about the thick lines around everybody. It's just a style that I really, really enjoy. And when it needs to be gruesome, it's super gruesome. And how about his parents strung up and drowning in the, like... He's he, just he, staring at that. He tells this kid's uh, traumatic history over the course of like three panels that are that are spotted throughout this book. And uh, I, I thought that was pretty impressive to be able to, you know, we we don't know much, but we know that there was a raft involved and drowned parents. And based on the end of the book, I don't know that it matters if we need, if we find out more about that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I think, hmm, 
I'm going to score this. Yeah. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it nine very spooky skulls. Yeah. Good score. I, I, I gave it nine and a half. Nice. Drip, drippy skulls. Good, good score, Roman. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it nine dismembered limbs. Nice. Limbs and skulls and limbs and skulls. Should we keep the spooky going? <laughs> this is a different kind of spooky, though. It's Junkyard Joe. Junkyard Joe? Uh, well, it's Junkyard Joe. <laughs> what do you know, Junkyard Joe? Joe, you know. <laughs> I just got back from the barber show. Uh, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank with Brad Anderson coloring, because I think that's a law. Um, <laughs> this is basically a Vietnam story where the new guy, which took me a while to figure out that uh, the thing that they call him, FNG, is fucking new guy, <laughs> probably. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... Uh, doesn't take long before the the platoon he's with finds out that he is a robot and he it just kind of goes through vietnam being a badass and ends up uh just i I think his mission was maybe to decide if the war was worth fighting and when he does like you know the the thing where he kills the kid in the little village in vietnam he decides that it wasn't worth it and he shuts down and uh and we're kind of left hanging. I'm not sure if this is going to have more issues or not, but I hope it is because I like the I like the story and I like the art quite a bit. It is going to have more. Um, the afterwards said that it's going to be a bit of a time jump, I think. Okay. Uh, and it's going to follow the um, uh, the main soldier that's not Junkyard Joe. Uh, oh, good. In the future, and then <clears throat> uh, Joe's going to show back up. Was what it alluded to. I didn't realize. Um, this is a character from Geiger, which I haven't actually read. Ash was telling me yeah, that there earlier, was, which it was the Geiger uh, 80 page giant, I think had, okay. had a junkyard Joe story in it. So it's all in the same world, which is an interesting move for, for Jeff Johns, <laughs> like just, just building this kind of apocalyptic universe outside of Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't a lot of image universes, right? And he's doing it. He's done it with like a total of seven issues so far, and we've got a ton of new characters. And it's it's, it's interesting. I, I like I like everything I've read that he's done in this world so far. Nice. I like that. I <clears throat> uh, Sean today was saying that he hadn't picked it up because he knew it was connected and didn't think he'd be able to read it. But this is absolutely something that you can read having not oh, read yeah. that. And it's very much every Vietnam story, mm-hmm. but it's done really well. And there's a cool robot and yeah. <laughs> uh you know it still packs an emotional punch when the inevitable of a drama set in vietnam happens um and uh yeah that the um the back matter too where they're like all the creators do a little write-up honoring someone close to them from their family who served and mm-hmm. um instead of a letters page they're asking for people to submit um thank yous for service members that they care about and love and you know and then there's a whole thing about um uh, a couple different um veterans nonprofits that you can support and that they're supporting with the sale of the black and white comic and it didn't seem pandery <laughs> which so much yeah, no. uh veteran related stuff heavily does and yeah i appreciated all that attached to what could have been a really hokey um uh vietnam story but it's actually like you can tell they care about the suck yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it's like um, 
after a few issues because if they're going to do a big time jump and it's not a Vietnam story, like I wonder how they're going to tie it back into you know the the veterans letters page and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, the the world of Geiger doesn't seem to really be there unless they're doing a bunch of flashbacks, would which one too? But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just assume, and maybe maybe it's not that at all. But I assume the next issue. You know, the Joe will be reactivated, reactivated for Afghanistan and or, or Iraq or something. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're following the guy, the um, Muddy is that his name? Yeah. Um, it says it's supposed to be about him, so I oh, it would be interesting okay. to see if it's going to be like a more of a study into veterans' issues and yeah, what it's like coming back and all that. And who knows? I'll read yeah. it though. Yeah, because I forget how if they've um. The previous junkyard Joe's stories, if he's I don't remember if he's actually in Geiger's time or if he's slightly before that time. Um, the dystopic uh, future. I don't remember either. I thought I had a copy sitting would take me forever and I would make a lot of noise yeah. digging for it. <laughs> I, I was impressed with it. And, and like you said, Clyde, I was impressed that these these two uh um veterans nonprofit charities in the back that they're raising money for. I'd never heard of either one, but there's one in the US and one in the UK because um the artist is Gary Frank is in the UK. Um, it was just all very well done, very impressive. Hawkeye Pierce makes a cameo. I was um, going to say, Hawkeye, <laughs> Hawkeye's in there, and so is uh, Nixon and Kissinger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good old tricky dick. Yeah. Uh, well, scores? Scores. Who's got scores? Um, I gave it a nine. I did an eight. Nice. I'm going to give it a nine also. I, th- I thought it was really, really solid. Um, yeah. Well, let's continue this spooky oh. train. <laughs> I thought you were going into a, a John Wayne impression there. Oh, no. No, I could I could chant if you want. Jeff's not here. Can I chant when <laughs> Jeff's not around? Sure. <laughs> knock, knock yourself out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now I don't want to. Uh, do it night of the ghoul by scott snyder and francisco francovia <laughs> that's what a date with me is called oh. <laughs> i know it's a real bummer. Isn't, that, isn't that a date with me night with a ghoul <laughs> get it because i'm a ghoul <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, just for that, Colette, tell us what this is about. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So. Uh. In a. Uh. Huh. uh <laughs> in a world. <laughs> in a world. So. All right. Will two stories going at once. Uh. So it's father and a son. Kid is begrudgingly going with dad out to the middle of nowhere for to a uh, a nursing home, basically to go talk with this guy. Um. That they've spent a whole bunch of time trying to track down. They've lied about who they are to go be able to go see him, and he is all kinds of fucked up when they get in there. And he's um uh, an old horror movie like classic horror movie director from uh i think it was the 60s when supposedly anyway that doesn't matter uh and they start at or kids not in the room with them but dad is like obsessed and has tracked down the the remnants of his masterpiece that was only seen once um and wants to know the rest of the story and so it's the snippets of this horror movie set in world war one uh mixed with the director 
telling him that it was actually all real and there's really this ghoul evil uh evil of all evils and a cult that uh worships it that's been uh uh that's got control of him and uh it was creep and, and they've been waiting very for good. exactly tonight to unleash the plan and the yes. guy happens to be there with his kid the thing i loved about it was the kind of the conceit of the movie where the ghoul is actually the cause of all of the other classic monsters. Mm-hmm. So like he, he through through whatever mechanism created werewolves and Dracula and like ev- all of the other monsters that we know are because of this one monster. And it's, that's something that I don't always like in comics where they're like, Oh, but the bad guy was actually this guy and he had a boss and this is the James Bond series. And it was Spectre all along. Oh no, it was the guys above Spectre. Oh no, it was the guys mm-hmm. above the guys above the Spectre. Um, but when you're talking folklore, yeah. The idea of this evil that preys on people, but also creates plagues and also does all these things mm-hmm. and moves around the idea of how different folklores would interpret those different horrible things is very cool. Yeah. And the la- the final page, I thought of Roman on the final page because it was like <laughs> a spider inside of somebody's body. Oh, the, yeah. ghoul, the ghoul is horrifying. Yeah, that was a horrifying image. And and earlier there's an image where I uh, can't find it now, but there's a close up of an eyeball. I think it's in the movie where um, the ghouls leggy tendril thingies are like actually coming out of the guy's eyeball after it went into him, possessed him. Yeah. That was super creepy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's the cover for the second. So this was a web comic originally. So this is feels kind of oversized and I think it, mm-hmm. it almost feels like it was two issues that were then printed as one when oh. they were actually put in print. Cause there's like a part one and a part two in here. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. But it's very cool. Very it's... creepy. And it doesn't take a metaphor and just smash it over and over until it's just a pulpy mess. Like Snyder loves to do. I think we got two more issues. So give it, give yeah. it a minute. Yeah. 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 Hold please. <laughs> I, I, I love the second conceit conceit in it too, that, this film director because the guy has tracked him down and is kind of informally interviewing him um this guy assumes oh that for some reason you like hid yourself away and removed yourself from the world and the director's like no i didn't choose that they've been holding me captive here for decades mm-hmm. i was trying to warn move everyone me around. yeah and that was the one thing i was like so you tried to warn everybody by making a horror movie did you ever just try to tell people <laughs> um, silly roman this is hollywood because of course nobody's gonna also, get the warning in a horror movie i mean yeah but like as a person just going out trying to say that this is real yeah, yeah they're just gonna uh, think you're no crazy one's gonna, but, yeah but yeah. like how many irrational fears do people have based out of uh horror mo- fantasy movies that they've seen yeah like oh yeah in some ways it's a pretty clever way of getting a the word out there um, actually yeah and and well, I just read something today. I heard something about the latest. I can't remember what it was. Some of the latest ridiculous thing, like some Republicans are pushing that that some new conspiracy thing that's just totally mm-hmm. fucking bonkers. It's like, oh, yeah, people will <laughs> some people believe any crazy thing. Seemingly, yeah. the more crazy you make it, the more believable it is. <laughs> and this is I go ahead. Uh, I, was, I read um, I read Junkyard Joe right before I read this one. And I so reading Junkyard Joe, there's the guy who's trying to get home to his daughter. 
and then he dies before he can get home to his daughter. And then this one's got the guy who's at war who's trying to just be a better man for his son. And he's trying to get home to his son, but he manages to get home to his son, but he's been infected with the mm. ghoul. And so he's not. And it was like almost worse having just read the other story of the guy <laughs> trying to get home to his daughter who dies. And then this guy does get to, but then he's evil. Doesn't count. Yeah. It's so sad when he gets off the boat and, his son sees him for the first time and he's just like he's just like hello yeah <laughs> and the kid's but, like uh what <laughs> yeah. thank god for uncle johnny though yeah, yeah that's a good war buddy right there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so interesting too they they made the comment within the film the characters make the comment that they're um they're over there world war one that they're over there to uh to be somebody to prove that they're they're somebody and it's and it's like but they want to get back to their families and their kids and you know modern sensibility you're looking reading that going god but you were somebody you're a dad go you, you didn't have to come to europe to do that you already had a family and a kid that's <sighs> not how it worked back then see but yeah yeah <laughs> gotta go kill some crowds yeah this this uh who published this? this is dark horse dark horse and idw are just doing cool comics lately i think like mm-hmm. this is this is the second of the Scott Snyder um comicsology originals that they're putting out. The the other one, oh god, now I can't even remember the other one, but I remember liking it a lot. Girl with is the it? sword hand? Yeah, mo- uh a... we, we are monsters or something like that. Yeah. I, I that kill called? monsters. So, something We have demons. We have demons. That's yeah. Mm. It was good. And this is good. And I'm I'm always stoked to see uh, like four pages from Frank Avia is enough to satisfy me for a week. And this is like <laughs> 60 pages of Frank Avia art. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love this oh, guy. Yeah. I, geez. I was just flipping pages and the top of, I think it must've been this. Yeah. It's right after the eyeball close-up scene, which must've been, must've been the second issue start when it was online, but Frank Avia's top panel there. It's, you know, it's a, it's a homage to um, cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the German expressionist film, and it's very cool. Nice. Uh, well, I, I'm just gonna keep giving books nines. I give this one a nine. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find it on my list. Night of the Ghoul. Oh, I also gave it a nine. I'd even go a nine point five. Hmm. I didn't like the glossy black cover because I had to wear gloves to touch it. But... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the cover's fault, Roman. I think it's the fact that you sweat acid. <laughs> it's my mutant power. I'm just like I'm like the guy in the ecstatics. You don't even have to sweat. You just ooze acid all day. Yep. It's, uh, it's what Maybe we t- love about you, and it's what your your t-shirt supplier loves about you too, because you have to yeah. go through them like like they're paper. Let me touch your face. No, God. <laughs> what do you give that book, Colette? Uh. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it nine uh, 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 evil acolytes. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna give it nine spiders in your eyeballs. Ah, I'll take the evil acolytes instead. Uh, okay. Well, I think it's God. I just sounded Canadian there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's have a drum solo from Roman and uh, hear a little bit about Health and Wealth, a graphic guide to the U.S. healthcare system. Oh, my God. This was the most terrifying book of the week, for sure. Richard Scary. Um, yeah, this is a graphic guide to the U.S. healthcare system put out by, who put this out? Actually, the Cartoon Studies Institute did, or school, or whatever they're called. <laughs> um, and it's it's just a well-put-together comic. But, I mean, the fun thing is it's done in the art style. It's imitating uh, Richard Scary. Um, 
and it's just all these uh, anthropomorphic animals going to the U.S. healthcare system and explaining to us how messed up our healthcare system is, which we knew. But there's there's all sorts of stuff in here that, to that I didn't realize the extent of some of the stuff. It was actually pretty depressing reading this this afternoon, just all the ways that you know profit is made in our healthcare system and made off of sickness and the the class and racial disparities inherent in that. And the fact that, you know, you know, we've tried to have basically socialized medicine in this country quite a few times. Um, William Randolph Hearst is the first one that destroyed it because he can make money. Off, I forget the details, but he can make money. Off, it's not in here, but he can make money off it better by not allowing it happen. But I didn't know that. Uh, oh, where is it? Roosevelt. No, President Harry Truman in 45. He tried to push push it. Um, and there's quotes in here. He specifically was saying it's not socialized medicine, but um, the AMA came out against it and shut it all down. And he wasn't able to get anywhere with it. And it's just, hmm. it's a really good informative read, good history. I mean, it's depressing, <laughs> but, uh, but there are hopeful things and, you know, further reading and things you can do and organizations you can support and that kind of thing. It's very educational. Um, I'd love to see a, like a graphic representation of how that lobbying and and like bribes and and leverage works with something as big as that because it would be like a, a three-dimensional graph or three-dimensional thing that just has this money went to these people and this influence went to these people and then that money and influence got used to do this over time i think it'd be a really cool thing to be able to I mean, you could you could never really know, but you couldn't just say, "Okay, uh, President Truman, we're going to give you a million dollars to shut this thing down," right? Like you would have to get access to a lot more people and put up a lot more roadblocks than that. And I I wonder, like, how big are the brains that know just what to what buttons to unpush and what switches to unflip to make mm-hmm. something like that not happen for so long? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I always find it interesting to the um, the like, because so often it's a, okay, you'll get a vote for this other thing that you're trying to do good with if we if you give up on this kind of thing or the right. like the trading if of you the... bridges you give us baltic avenue and healthcare yep yeah, yeah. and uh and i i always am kind of fascinated by or wondering like when when the things fall apart what were the you know what was the uh the the thing that someone was holding on to as even more important or their thing that they right. were willing would to never have been an EPA if we had had socialized. Medicine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting. There's to see like a, a more extensive, longer graphic novel done on this subject. I mean, I'm, you could do a series, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause this is only, this is only 30 pages. So it's just kind of an introduction to the whole subject. Is it, is it like a tease for a larger trade paperback or something? I don't, well, I don't think so. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it. Huh. And then they don't mention any kind of expansion of this. Seems like something we should uh, get and uh, pepper throughout the school system. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. And it's got the, you know, an engagement guide in the back for, you know, group discussion and hmm. prompts for all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it'd be a good thing for that. Cool. What do you give it? You can even go on to their uh, cartoonstudies.com backslash healthcare to uh, uh, get more more resources and to and to print out copies of the comic what do you think uh what do you think the estate of richard scary thinks of the look of that book i don't know is i richard mean richard scary alive no. i don't know he's not no 
Okay. I mean, they must, I mean, they must have gotten their blessing because I mean, it's, I mean, you would think this is Richard Scarry. I'm not sure who the artist is actually. Well, it's not him. He died in 1994. Man, he only got like two years of spawn before he died. That's a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, he made five billion books during that before then. So, (laughs) and I read the same four, five billion (laughs) times to my child. Oh, this is a handful of artists, actually, but it says lead cartoonists are James Sturm, Sturm and Casimir Lee. Huh. And I know James Sturm's name. Doesn't thank the estate, but they must have got their uh, their blessing. Well, Roman, maybe you mm-hmm. didn't have an estate, but what score do you give it? Oh, I give it a 10. 10? Yep. A 1-0. Yep. yep. Valuable book. People Does it say anything this. about an apple a day or anything in there? That's not mentioned. Huh. It is mentioned that, the, you know, the, the caduceus that the the snakes entwined around the the yeah. staff that became a medical symbol it's like the ouroboros that's that's had a baby and was going around a, a yeah a, sure sorry Andrew, <laughs> but, yeah. you can cut that out if you want it was it, like i thought i had something and it turned out i didn't no, you, you had something um, <laughs> but yeah i did it's interesting that the caduceus became the medical thing when that was carried by hermes who was the patron of commerce and traders as well as thieves liars and gamblers but Asclepius, the Greek god of medicine and healing, had a rod with only one snake. That's the one we should be using, but it's huh. telling well, that it's the, money the other one. one. Yep, we're using the money one. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. speaking oh, wait. of... Oh, go Jango, ahead. though, oh. I've got a question for you. Okay. Um, do you have a uh, minute 30? Oh, go. Ah. Mother, <laughs> mother of God. I'm going to talk about Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number one. Um and I'm going to spoil something important in here, you guys, oh, so no. plug, your, plug your ears if you want, but apparently there are two Jokers in the DC universe, oh, at least in this story. And also... Oh, but, well, we knew there was three Jokers because of that previous series. Oh, no, that was that was out of continuity. <laughs> also, this has Power Girl and the Joker falling in love uh, by Francisco Francovilla. Uh... Well, the Joker having a crush on Power Girl. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I also read that Texas Blood. Holy shit, that's a good comic. Did I mention that it's very patient and very smart and just a good comic and the art is great and it's it's written well and the characters are amazing and um, the murder stories are great and it's, it's 50% horror, 50% cop procedural with a real heavy lean on the slow part of cop procedural. The Lonesome Hunters wrapped up with number four, although it says to be continued. So I think that four issues was either a lie or it sold well enough that they're going to continue it. Time Before Time is still great. And uh, I did not like Spider-Man number one by Dan Slott and Mark Bagley. Holy shit, I still have time. Uh, Batman number 128. Um, more more Zurana, and I have a theory about it. And oh, I missed Batman. To tell somebody about the theory if they if anybody wants to. I want to. Well, first of all, I that's okay. There's another comic I missed this week. Batman. <sighs> I didn't okay. realize it. Man, I did people's files, <laughs> and I still forget. I, but yeah, I want to know your theory. <laughs> um, did you read it, Colette? I did, but I haven't read most of the issues before it. I'm behind. Okay. Well, let me uh, it made sc- me want to read them, though. <laughs> yeah. Let me give some scores here. Uh, the Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, number one, Rosenberg, and DJ Manico with, and Frank Avia. I'm going to give that an eight. Real solid superhero disaster stuff. Um, what else did I talk about? I talked about that Texas Blood, 10. Uh, I talked about Lonesome Hunters. I'm going to give that a seven and a half, partly because I was looking forward to the uh, the period at the end of the story that we never fucking get. 
I wanted that here. It's nothing like that. It's a, it's straight up to be continued in probably part two or maybe number five. Um, time before time, uh, seven and a half. Spider-Man number one by Slot and Bagley. Meh, uh, six and a half. And then Batman, I'm going to give it an eight. Zdarsky, Jimenez, Mori, Romero, Belair. I wonder if this story isn't the Batman of Zurin Ah meditating and finding a bad world where he loses, right? So Zurin Ah is, is Batman's mind that has been created to kind of protect Batman when Bruce can't do it. And this is a scenario where that Batman isn't enough to save his friends because some important people disappear or die. There's a crazy time jump in here. Like it's very serious consequences. And it just occurred to me that this is maybe too consequential for reality. And I, I wonder if it's a dream. Hmm. Oh. Okay. So so this doesn't tie in to future state and all that. Cause I got to the time jump and I was like, wait, didn't we just fucking do a future state? Like, is this no, part I don't of think that? It does. Or it okay, yeah, that makes more sense. So I was just like, didn't we just do this? Or is this attached to what we just did? Like, I, don't know. I like your theory. Yeah, I, I don't know. That that yeah. The, the whole thing is just weird. Like the, the entire bat universe, the DC, everything is just a little bit broke. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But I think now it's time for Colette, you to take a minute and 30 seconds and go. I also read Batman. It was good. I don't really know what's going on, but I want to go back and actually read those issues that are sitting next to my bed waiting to be read. Um, I read Spider-Man number one. I didn't need to read that. Um, I read Kaya number one by Wes Craig. Um, and, uh, I did not love his last thing that he did himself, uh, Gravediggers Union. I freaking love his art. Deadly Class is one of the best things ever. Um, this is much better. You know, it's like kids, fantasy, sci-fi adventure comic, homage to Kirby, like weird lizard people, funny, cool weird world it's an introduction like there's not a lot to say but i really enjoyed it the art was great um and uh world's finest uh number seven by mark wade and dan mora i think fucking dc with their title pages nowhere to be found um man it's just a good charming lovely uh dc world but it's nice to have a dc book that i uh that's no stress it's just a fun book there's like a kid who's coming from Gotham from a different world and uh, gets sent through uh, a rift in space because his world is exploding. So he and Kal-El are, uh, are bonding and um, fuck, it's just lovely. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> well, that's good because... Uh... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> well done. Thank uh, you. What was the last one you talked about? World's Finest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just that's... a charming book. It it's is. Charming. It is, and I, I meant to look it up too, but I, I'm uh, like 98% sure that the costume they give the kid to wear—that's a—that's a reference to a costume in the Silver Age that either Batman or Superman or maybe Dick Grayson wore when they were posing as a Kryptonian or something. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Maybe it's the original Nightwing costume. I don't know <laughs> the Kryptonian Nightwing. Um. Well, okay. I guess since we're just doing it. Oh, but we need scores. Oh, we need scores. Color, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, need scores. I don't need to give scores for the things that I buckshot. Um, and, and did you notice that these worlds? I don't know what's going on, but the this issue and the last issue, there's some kind of 
cover motif going on with the characters being upside down. Oh yeah. Because last issue it was it was Dick Grayson as hmm. Robin, like acrobating ac- acro- ac- acrobatizing upside down. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I like um I like Robin, teeny tiny, down in the corner, <laughs> yes, looking there. up at them from the bottom floor of the Batcave. Uh, scores. Let's go with Batman. Oh, we'll give it in eight. Sure. Uh, Spider-Man would be a six. Uh, Kaya is a seven and a half. Yeah. And <laughs> World's Finest is an eight. There nice. you go. Cool. An eight. An eight for World's Finest. Roman's probably given every issue of that a 12, if I had to guess. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Can't believe aren't you guys aren't you guys excited about Moreland being back in Spider Spider Man? It's exciting. Christ! All right, you get a minute and thirty <laughs> seconds okay. to talk about Moreland, Roman. Oh, Fuck go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so oh, I guess I will then. Um, I thought this issue of Spider it was okay. I mean, it was so predictable, but it's cool. I like Moreland. He's he's cool, and badass, um, and other Spider characters in it, are in it. So yeah, it was all right. Um, <laughs> Ant-Man number four. This wraps up the Al Ewing Ant-Man series, a tribute to Hank Pym and all, all his characters. This was pretty cool. I mean, it has Ultron, it has Hank Pym and Eric O'Grady, all the Ant-Men and plus the Ant-Man of the future, who I thought was introduced in ser- this series, but turns out he was introduced before. Um, I read Miracle Man Zero, which... You know, I really want to reread all the Miracle Man stuff. It's been so many years. There was, of course, characters and references in this. I was like, I know I should know something about this, but I don't. But it was a good read. Anthology ser- anthology stories kind of set me up for the, the new Miracle Man series coming up. And in fact, uh, Neil Gaiman and uh, I was going to say Lindsay Buckingham. No, Mark oh. Buckingham <laughs> do, the, uh, do the framing the framing pages to set up the whole thing. Uh, that Texas Blood, as Django said, excellent. There's a horrible, horrible, sad issue. Mm-hmm. Monkey Prince, fun, fun, goofy issue. Um, Monkey Prince fighting Aquaman. Poison Ivy, this is still a great series. Uh, Two of Dracula, first issue, reprint, awesome. Jesus Christ, Roman, we're going to run out of time while you give scores for those 300 <laughs> books you just talked about. <laughs> oh, God, what did I do? Uh, Texas Blood, I gave that a nine and a half. Spider-Man, I gave uh, 7.5. All right. Uh, Miracle Man Zero, I gave an eight. Probably would have been higher if I could remember things from the original run. Uh, Ant Man number four, I gave an 8.5. Monkey Prince, Monkey Prince. Uh, I can't find. Oh, there it is. I give it an eight. And Poison Ivy number five, I gave a. Also an eight. Oh, and Tomb of Dracula, I didn't give a score because it's you know it's a reprint of an awesome comic from the 70s <laughs> so you didn't give it a score back then no because 1972 i was like two years old so, <laughs> I, I couldn't read it then and it would have scared me <laughs> I, would, I would give it actually i would give it no uh, it's too late roman no, 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 I'll, no, give, no i'll give it an eight i'll give it an eight 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 fangs eight transylvanian fangs <laughs> uh and that what that's that's like 12 issues before blade appears is that right something like that yeah is he is that it yeah 26 some somewhere around there well listen in celebrate oh god this is a tasteless joke but i started it and i'm gonna finish it (laughs) do it do it you can't stop me oh god the only person who can stop me edits this podcast and it's up to them to do that (laughs) shit let's just make it blank now so it makes it seem like you didn't 
Like, yeah. <laughs> Listen, in celebration of Columbus Day, Earth oh, Divers <laughs> Kill Columbus came out. <laughs> and I think that's kind of awesome. It uh, is, that is awesome. I hadn't even realized that, yeah, Columbus Day is Monday or, or more properly Indigenous the, the, People's the Day. The holiday formerly known as Columbus Day. Yeah. It, no, no. Remember, it's both holidays now because oh. what's an extra fuck you to the Indigenous peoples of this country? <laughs> Yeah. to make them share the day with their murderer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this book is not pro-Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's set in 2112, so 100 years after uh, mm. the Mayans said we were all going to die. and uh, Or maybe it's set a little bit after that. And these indigenous people from, I think it's, I think it's four different tribes... Are represented yeah. here they have this cave that can send them back in time they have to go back naked and they can bring one object and so one of them gets sent back specifically to get on one of columbus's ships and kill columbus and he's not <laughs> why didn't i read this it's so good it is he's not... the art didn't look that great to me and i was like oh i'll read something else yeah but... i wish yeah i wish the art was better but Sorry, I interrupted. It's, I'm just oh, the, very yeah. upset with myself. I mean, the art the art looks like uh, late '90s Vertigo to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's, I just it's, wish it was it's better. Good. It's not great, but he's just not very good at this thing. Like, he keeps getting his languages confused and speaking English <laughs> to the Spanish, and like he just kind of fucks everything up. And meanwhile, we are seeing the other people worried that it didn't work, and they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so they don't have cell service. They can't they can't tell if the book that they have should have changed uh like back to the future style or if the book was in the cave so maybe it wouldn't have changed and so then they have to go to a library but it's the apocalypse so maybe a library is hard to find it's definitely far away so we have a, like a little bit of tension just because they're out in the desert with no way to confirm whether or not our hero has saved the day and i don't know it's it's violent when we finally meet christopher columbus he's a dipshit but not a dipshit he's he's like a like a religious asshole which I think is on point. And yeah, the, the whole thing I, th I thought was very compelling and not really like a story that I've read before, at least not, not in the, the construction is like a story I've read before and the, the conceit of the cave and everything, the time travel isn't super special, but it's just told in a much more interesting way than those stories usually are. Yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering if, I mean, there's various reasons for using a cave. I mean, I mean, in mythology and stuff, but one of the re things that occurred to me is like, Oh, are the, is this also in a way a nod to um, stories like uh, Warlord of Mars? Because John Carter goes to sleep in a cave in Civil War times and, you know, mm. wakes up on, on Barsoom. So I was wondering if that, you know, little nod there. Will you say Varsoom again, but slower? Barsoom. Thank you. Well, <laughs> yeah, this was really good. I mean, I, I, I just love the premise. But yeah. the way they did it, it was better than I, I expected. And I wish I could find the page now. There's a panel that says what each of these four people, and I remember that one is Blackfeet and the other one is Lakota, mm -hmm. but I can't remember what the other two um, people here are, what tribe they're part of. Yeah. Yeah. And and like just the, the amount that they had to learn in order to go back in time and and pull this off, I thought was really interesting. You know, yeah. Like he had to learn six languages or something, and he was supposed to learn how to tie knots, but he's not very good at it. Sorry, he isn't very good at it. And <laughs> uh, and that leads to all sorts of trouble since he's been hired as a deckhand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And on, on one of the, is he on the, I think he's on the Nina. 
he's I on don't. you know Columbus's three ships. Yeah. Except he's not on the ship with Columbus, the head ship. But yeah, I loved how he kept on messing up, not only using the wrong language, but how they keep on pressing him. Okay, tie a tie a whatever knot, and he's like, um, okay, the <laughs> rabbit runs around the hole, and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> but the tree is actually a, an elephant's leg, and the. <laughs> And then what he has to do at the end, I mean, geez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super, super tense. Very well done. It's by Stephen Graham Jones and David Gianfelice and Joanna Lafuente. Uh, solid comic. I'm looking forward to more of them. Uh, and you know what? It's IDW. The reason I think that IDW keeps pumping out these amazing books is that the two guys that started Black Label at DC got canned or left for whatever reason and moved over to IDW and started this imprint of just creator owned series, which IDW has never really been known for, right? Like they, mm -hmm. they put stuff out, but they haven't been known for it. And they're given IDW and dark horse seem to be giving image a run for their money right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting to see like which publisher is kind of like managing to really get a hold of the, the on the nose, perfect stuff at the moment, like boom. Yeah had their moment there for a little bit that just mm -hmm. like everything that they were putting out was golden. It was what Imogen been doing a few years before. And yeah. now they've kind of found more of a, a, a set niche and it's good stuff, yeah. but it's not as holy it's, shit. What is this? And, it almost feels like if, if a publisher is scared enough, they manage to get creative and find new creatives, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't think image was doing great when they started putting out, walking dead and then a few years later deadly class and monstrous like like those 30 yeah. books that have kept our store open yeah just by virtue of being named saga you know uh -huh. um and i think that idw and dark horse have both had some close calls with bankruptcy recently and mm -hmm. I, I think that they're throwing really good stuff at the wall and it, yeah i give this one an eight and a half roman D despite the art being only only good enough it's better than most idw and i like the style more than i usually like like the the boom house style cool well actually yeah i gave it an eight eight and a half also just I, I love the story yeah yeah all right guys we got one more and then i gotta go feed a cat <laughs> oh you got a cat no ron has a cat named gary with a human face and what like it's fine <laughs> and its own it's, instagram account yeah it's <laughs> fine you guys like Going into somebody else's apartment with a cat that has human eyes doesn't freak me out at all. It's not worse than a spider. It's not like you're it's so not totally a cat guy. It's just like oh my god. Are you? Do you just like go in there and like wait for it to jump out up on your lap and just look up at you and go, hey? Yeah. What's up? I'm Gary. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's it's he's a robot belly. Oh, it's a trick. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be a man. Now I'm a cat. <laughs> when I was a man, they called me Mike Grundle. Uh, Gotham City Year One is the last comic book that we're going to talk about tonight. Today depends on when you're listening to the show. I don't know when you're listening. I don't know your life. Uh, Gotham City Year One, issue number one by Tom King with art by Phil Hester um, and Eric Gapster. I wonder what Eric Gapster is doing. Is he inking? Have you guys noticed that uh, DC doesn't really like to tell us in a normal place where, oh yeah, oh. Colette mentioned it already on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't fucking tell us. Uh, inks by Eric, Eric Gapster in colors by your friend and mine and cousin of the friend of the store, Jordi Belair. <laughs> um, Roman, yeah, you're a Chinatown guy, right? 
Chinatown, Jake. Did you did you ever read Chinatown when it was named Gotham City Year One? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, just like uh, about two hours ago when before the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just straight up crime noir uh set in the when is this set it's set when newspapers are five cents yeah 1961 <laughs> um, and the wayne's daughter helena has been kidnapped oh it's so, not helena it's just helen oh it's helen you're thinking of earth too helen wayne oh yeah yeah okay helen wayne has been kidnapped and slam bradley is on the case <laughs> Who's slam bradley I think only Roman remembers Slam Bradley. <laughs> and you do, and you do. Detective Comics number one, or number 27, yeah. is that right? I think so. Yeah, I think was... he also had stories in Action Comics number one. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, he's just a hard-boiled detective who can take a punch and handle a broken nose and has been kind of tricked into being uh, the the sort of the bag man for this ransom. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's a lot more in here that if I had read the next two issues, I would have caught a lot more important little bits here. But what what do you guys have that I forgot? Well, I was, I mean, I really like this, but I was surprised that, I mean, it, it threw me off on the very first page because I was like, oh, and I kept checking the cover. I was going, is this a black label book? And it doesn't have that label anywhere, but it's not. They can do alternate world stuff without a black label logo. Okay. And they can do in continuity stuff with a black label logo. They don't give a shit. Uh, Okay. Because I was thinking this isn't our regular Tom King Batman Earth, or is it? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Because I didn't know there was a previous Bruce Wayne, except his first name was actually Richard. (laughs) Richard Bruce Wayne. Dick Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. it, It must be hard when your family is so big like your your chosen family is so big that you've got all of the basic names covered like all of the good names and dick are friends of bruce wayne and so what do you do when you need to meet somebody else like you know i have six friends named dan and i have to give them all last name initials (laughs) or cute nicknames like slam slam Um, slam dan bradley it is interesting in Bradley's narration here as he's walking around the city that he's talking about how nice Gotham is in the, you know, the 50s and 1961. And it's clean. It's not very much crime. It's like, what? What Gotham is this? Or is Slam just taking too many shots to the head? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or is it, yeah, is it the actual future? And how old was Thomas? And who's Helen? It's all yeah, very. We did, we, yeah. We've never heard of a Helen Wayne as far as I know. Well, um, maybe it's going to be like a Caprica thing where you think that it's the kid that grows up to be the character in the other show and then they die at the end and it turns and then they have another baby and it turns out there's a dead older brother all along dead babies that's the best crime noir thing did you guys watch that that the hbo show of perry mason no they show a dead baby in the first episode yeah like oh you want something dark i didn't make it very far like it was like the first like 10 minutes or something there's like a baby with its eyes showed dead baby with its eyes sewn shut and hilo is still a little and i was like i don't know that i could do this (laughs) but this is so good and i want to watch it but i'm gonna go cry for a while now yeah wow super fucked and that was probably the heaviest thing that happened in there like it, it seemed anyway yeah. Man, I want to watch that now. This is a DC comic. They don't even let Batman say, they don't even let Batman have F before a bunch of ampersands and at symbols. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to see a dead baby girl, but who knows? Uh, yeah, we, we may. It's a good, it's a good hard boiled mystery. It's, it's mm-hmm. cool. And what, and yeah, when it turned out to be Slam Bradley, I was excited because he, uh, he's a classic 
golden age DC character that in, I don't know if it's still canon, but in the old days, well, he trained Catwoman and had, I guess, kind of a romance with her back in the day. Hmm. Not to forget whose run that was, Brubaker's or something. But he also was one of the many, many hundreds of people that trained Batman and de- de- detecting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Do you guys wish that you could just read all Tom King books in one sitting? Oh, no. My head, my head would explode. What about this one? <laughs> No, not like you don't have to read them all at once. I mean, can I have food <laughs> or maybe just an issue one and an issue two? Because I'm always so lost by the end of issue one. <laughs> well, this one's pretty straightforward. I mean, and then at the end, when we find out that old Slam Bradley is telling Batman this the story that we're reading. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this one seemed pretty straightforward so far. I felt like this one was clear. Also, knowing this is a six issue, it, it felt a lot more. Uh, like a solid just chunk of a story to me than some of his number ones. Um, I like the anticipation of hope of waiting and wanting more. I don't know how he keeps putting out more books that I'm just like, well, fuck, like, how are you reaching in my brain and writing what I want to be reading? Like new best comic, new best comic. This like, what if Jackie O was a fucking hard ass Mm. uh, (laughs) is for what's her name? Wayne. I don't, it's not Martha Wayne. What, like, what's her name? Uh, he, Helen's mom, whatever her name is. Uh, All right. He just writes the best, just cold, hard, strong women that you can't trust, but also are just find so compelling. And like, there's so many little things. Like, um, at one point when she's talking about her kid being taken, she refers to it as the child. Mm hmm. and yeah she like slips back and forth between um talking in the past tense about Mm -hmm. her kid and the present tense and like there's so much cool because you know the nice thing with reading a tom king book is you know that everything like that is intentional right it's not like someone where you're like oh is that are you a bad writer (laughs) meant to sound like that or was that like a weird just slip but like you know if she calls it the child at one point and not my baby or Helen or whatever, that's something to fucking watch out for. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I wonder if even her name, Constance Wayne, is Constance, thank kind you. of a play on that. That yeah, well, her name's Constance, but she's not she's not really that constant. She's back and forth. Mm-hmm. The yeah. whole thing with just like when he asks if it's okay if he smokes and she's like, don't let my husband catch you. He hates it. And, you know, like, but she's just actively smoking her cigarette in her <laughs> cigarette holder. And like, I know what I'm fucking doing is what it looks like to me. Like, I don't know yeah. if you can keep your shit together, but mm-hmm. I'm all wrapped up over here. Oh, right. yeah. Do you guys ever wish that when you're reading a Tom King number one, you were a little bit smarter? <laughs> oh sure yeah <laughs> yes absolutely you know the last things that that uh um slam says to batman in the very last two panels of this book also reassured me that that okay any dumbness i might feel reading the book because because he says to batman you think you know gotham you think you know you think you know why you do what you do you think you even know who you are hell son until you know what i know you don't know a damn thing to be continued <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, cool. <laughs> so I'm like Batman. I don't know what the fuck's the reality here. <laughs> so 1961, I would say, I would say that that in this book, 
Slam was born when his first comic came out. Right? And <laughs> yeah. he's talking to Batman in, in the present and he's about 80, 80 yeah. years old. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he's he's probably friends with Rip Hunter, so they got some kind of device yeah. for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was really impressed with the dialogue or the the writing of the ransom note. Like mm-hmm. it, it's bad English. Yeah. And it it's a clue. It's also yeah. logically bad English. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not just like take out all the ands and does. Right. It's it's somebody yeah. who isn't practiced in writing writing that. Yeah. Yeah. I have wonderful comic uh nine point sixty-nine. <laughs> um nine point sixty one for the year. Ooh. <laughs> Five for the newspaper. <laughs> Oops. Fuck it, I ten. Could, I I could Woo! smell it coming. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a 10 before now but it's a 10 i just i, I just god damn it tom king it's everything i want in yeah. a comic like it's batman it's fantastic crime noir it's doing an origin story uh it i always get stressed when i start reading something that's gonna be a telling of the past with superheroes that have spanned a hundred 80 years or whatever it is right. now and like having to reset the timeline because it never feels quite comfortable but he's so in the world and has it so figured out mm-hmm. that in the art they that it works that this is yeah this is the story of if gotham had been growing at this point and in this way it's not shoehorned into a time period or stretching Mm-hmm. ages that shouldn't exist and it yeah man it's just and the art's beautiful it's just so good just stubby it's so good phil hester he's he's an amazing artist he did that irredeemable ant-man series that um mm. walking dead guy wrote kirkman wrote kirkman it. yeah yeah and sh- sometimes shortly after that i think phil hester's eyesight started going like he was mm actively going blind and i think that they figured out a way to reverse it but there was there was a little while there where it looked like he wasn't going to be uh drawing anymore which is wild okay housekeeping (gasps) housekeeping is it good what that was a dumb joke is it good housekeeping is it good good housekeeping is it safe it was it was just a good housekeeping joke (laughs) it was a good Um, good housekeeping joke no it wasn't a good good (laughs) no (laughs) in the city (gasps) roman in Uh, the city in the city in the city in the jungle the mighty jungle. Well, that'll do i was hoping you'd just say sex but that's all right that's what i thought of but i was trying to think of something that came after well, in the city. clever instead I, I didn't think that at all in the you city are, the something or people are dirty yeah yeah <laughs> have you oh. met us roman also <laughs> you yeah i don't all right. All right. You can yeah. talk. Tell us something dirty. What was that word you said before? Ooh. Buck Rogers word. No, the, the other word. Yeah, you. Barsoom? Bar Barsoom. Barsoom. It's 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 Barsoom. It's the name for Mars Bar-soom. in the John Carter stories. And on that note, thanks for listening. Send us an email. Send us a voicemail. Gosh, I guess Jeff's just not gonna show up today. I thought he was gonna be here, but uh where, where is Jeff? He's in Montana, Minneapolis, Michigan, Michigan Minnesota. He's in one of those M states. Um, he likes that guy. Prefers to be in places that start with a W or an upside down W. Uh, I've, I've never known him to be in a state that wasn't an M or a W state uh, in the entire time that I've known him. 
send us an email, jeff at thecomicsplace.com. That's Jeff spelled the rational way, not with the G. And uh, The Comics Place with the in front of it and plural comics. Thanks for coming to our party last week. What else do we say? Leave us a review if you feel like it. That'd be cool. Maybe tell a friend uh, who you want to know what fucking weirdos we are. Yep. Yep. Feel free to send us questions. Maybe you already said that. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. I think tell your friend, but if it's your mom, maybe listen to a couple episodes and decide if that's appropriate. Because I know Jeff's mom listens, and uh, I think the episode that is going to go up before this one talks a lot about grundles and taints and like the space between the balls and the butthole. Um, and I just pretend that that I don't know that she listens to the podcast. It's the only way I can look her in the eye. It's the only way I can manage to to get a hug from her. Because if I thought about all the horrible shit that I've said that she's heard, it would be super uncomfortable. Jared um, told Jared told me today that he played. He was trying to like tell me this like fun proud mom moment, but he was like, "I played uh, a little bit of the podcast for Hilo to hear you," and I was just like, "No, oh god." <laughs> He was like, no, we thought he was so excited that you were on a podcast. And I'm like, which one did you play? What part? Oh, God. God." We had talked at one point about doing a a G-rated episode so that Will Elmer's kids could listen. And every time we talked about it, I would say, fuck, yeah, that's a great idea. And like he couldn't even tell his kids that we were considering doing it by playing it for him. Um, We could still try at some point. We really should, but I don't know that we're the people to do it. It's a problem. Yeah, it would, it would be weird. Um, okay, in honor of Jeff being gone, I think we should all say who we are. I'm Jeff Figley. I'm Jeff also... Figley. Oh, God oh damn it, you suckers! <laughs> Here, let's let's try it again. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. I'm Jeff Figley. I'm also Jeff Figley. Jeffrey Figley. And I am Jeffrey Figley. (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Today, a minute or two to two would make distinctly hard to say and harder still to do. A 20 to two will beat a tattoo with a rat to do, and the dragon will come when he hears the drum. A minute to two to two today, a minute or two to two. I love that. Every time I've heard you say it, I've loved it. I don't think I've ever heard that. All I've got is religion and politics often make some people lose all perspective and give way to ranting and raving and carrying on like emotional children. They either refuse to discuss it with reason or else they prefer argumentative hominem, which is a heck of a way to conduct a discussion. Well, anyhow, not long ago, I was talking about the elections. And it just goes on and on and on like that. Someday I'll, I'll do the whole thing for everybody. I wish I knew Jeff's some around. I wish I knew some kind of like catholic literature or however you say that word because those are chants basically Mm, in latin yeah i think zoom shuts down when you start chanting in latin it's a safety feature